Hey, I'm Shara Kimiko. Do you want to know what's going on in Tulsa? What's the hottest restaurant or some great tips on being a Tulsan? Then you're at the right spot. Welcome to the Tulsa Scene Podcast, where every week we bring you what's happening in Tulsa. So whether you're a local or you're visiting our great city, stay tuned for the best advice on how to live on Tulsa time. I'm Shara Kimiko. I'll see you around with Tulsa Scene Podcast. Welcome to the Lifestyle Scene. I'm your host, Jennifer Sanford. And I am Stephanie Cockleman. And today we are here at The Girl Can Cook, which is a recreational cooking studio and boutique caterer right here in the heart of Broken Arrow's Rose District. And we are sitting with Chef Candace Conley. She's the owner and head chef. And also Natalia Banjak, the general manager and undisputed best friend, of Chef Candace. <laughs> right. Right-hand yeah. yeah. woman. Yes. Right-hand. That's what she says in class. She's yeah. like, she's my left and my right hand. Right. Like, okay. Yeah. I'm just all her body parts, I guess. Yeah. So whatever. You in got my, my brain, name right. Brain. Good job. Good Thank job you. on my name. I, I practiced it about 100 times. Yeah. Good job. In your head. Right? Yes. <laughs> well, um, Chef Conley is not only a phenomenal chef, she's also a published author, reality show, um, cooking show contestant, and savvy entrepreneur. The enthusiasm she has for her craft is infectious, and her dedication to her mission of helping you, um, of taking the fear out of cooking, create an, an disarming atmosphere that takes the pressure off of her customers so they can have fun while they learn how to cook. That's it. Is that pretty much summed Yeah, up? that's it in a nutshell. Looking at all the videos and stuff that I did, I mean, everybody is having such a great time. And they're able, I would be intimidated by a cooking class had I not seen the videos and stuff before, but it's so, such a relaxing atmosphere. I mean, I am super excited to come to one of these classes. Well, we still get people that are intimidated or shy or nervous. I think or when, when, they, when they first when they walk in, in. Yeah, they don't know what to expect. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes we get wives, and this doesn't happen recently, but we get wives that like drag their husbands along and they're like, Bleh. and by the end of the class, they're like our best friend. And right. they're having a great time. And they want to come back. And they so, want to come back. Yeah. And they're like, I'll just come back without her. And we're like, okay, cool. <laughs> so, I mean, it does, you've got to, you've got to take that out otherwise you're never going to recreate it at home you know and that's kind of the purpose of what we do yeah I mean that's our mission is to get people to cook more at home and enjoy it yeah not just I mean right now especially people are cooking at home a lot whether they like it or not but it's so much better if you enjoy what you're doing and you know turn some tunes on and put some comfy drink clothes some on drink some wine because yeah. cooking uh, stresses people out a it lot does of times. yeah a lot of times you know and whether they've grown up with people cooking at home or not, we get we get all kinds. We get a variety of skill levels. Yes, yes. Yeah. And as stressful it is as it is, I know. I mean, I have a lot of friends that literally cook to decompress mm -hmm. and relax, and they do. I mean, it's it's therapy right, to them, right. you know, for their anxiety and stuff like that. When it gets to a certain level, they'll just start baking, start mm -hmm. cooking, or whatever. So it's a great way. Even though it is stressful for those of us that don't know what the hell yeah. we're doing, um, you know, it is a way that you can relax and find joy in it. And well, I think there's a lot of people who they have preconceived notions about how their dish is supposed to turn out because they've looked at all these beautiful pictures and they've looked at all these people cooking on television and and don't believe any of that stuff that they show you on television because t trust me, I've done it and it's all 
smoke and mirrors and made for TV and made for TV. Yeah. So I think that if you go into it with a beginner's mind mm -hmm. and just have a good time, all, all you think about is, you know, oh, this, this, oh, it's like that guy who came the other night. No, nothing's like that. Guy. Well, no, I know. <laughs> no, in a good way. Oh, this guy way. was fucking amazing. But, but yeah. it's like, he was amazing. Taste, taste things as you go along. And then yeah. when you get it all put together and it's like, wow, this tastes completely different. No, that guy left and we were like, that's the most amazing. He was a unicorn. Student. Like, he was a unicorn. Like, everything he was, he liked to cook at home. But like a lot of home cooks, like, although I think he had a little more... He little, cooked a little bit more at home than most people. But you get stuck in that, like, oh, I cook the same five dishes or whatever. I can throw this together without thinking. So I just do this over and over again. So there were a lot of ingredients that evening that he had not ever tried. And so every time we gave him something new, he would try it. And he asked, he's like, is it okay if I... And we're like, yeah, because you're making your own food. You don't make food for us or for anybody else. You make your own food at your own station. Um, and then he would try each thing individually. He's like, oh, I've never had like goat cheese or I've never had this bean or whatever. And he's like, I don't know. And then he put it all together and then he tried it and he's like, oh, this is great. Like all together, this like totally makes sense. And I really, you know, the flavors separately are kind of weird, but, and we were like, what is yeah. going on? <laughs> he's from this little town just on this side of the Arkansas border. Yeah. And is an and outdoorsy a, guy. Outdoorsy guy. He was a fucking uh, game warden. Game warden. So you guys aren't going to be hiring him anytime he was soon. By himself. I don't know. He's just by himself. His wife sent him. <laughs> Apparently, she cooks <laughs> and hunts. He cooks and hunts. He's the cook at home. But again, I think he cooks the same few mm. things, and so maybe she wanted a little variety. A little variety. Yes. Spice of love. So, but it was really great. So we get all kinds of people. Yeah. yeah, we get couples, we get single women, we get single guys. This isn't like a hookup thing. Like it's no, not like no. it's like singles night. I think some people wish they it, wish it was. They wish it was. And they think it's a great place. place well, I agree. Like, get them out. Yeah, like, no, we get mortal. a lot of people that bring their dates, and they come like once a month or once every few weeks with a different date because it's a <laughs> it's a comfortable place. Yeah, and they're like, oh, those guys are getting there. We're like, so who'd you bring this time? You know, and like we just know it's, we're just friends. Okay. okay, we'll see. <laughs> but it's a comfortable place to bring a date or a first date. We've had we've had this little that little couple that came on their first date, and then yeah, a year yeah. later, he proposed to her here. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, so sweet. super sweet. So we get, I mean, and and his parents are regulars. Well, they were regulars of ours. Everything's yeah. gone a little upside down, but um, and then he he and his little girlfriend came a couple times, and then yeah, it was super cute. Yeah, very cute. Yeah. So. What is the craziest experience that y'all have had with the cooking classes? We had the guy set his arm on fire, <gasps> the yeah. napkin, and then his arm, and yeah. I caught it before he even realized. And like, he signed a waiver before. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, okay. you actually yeah, yeah, yeah. do. <laughs> I, you know, yeah, for sure. They don't know they do. They, they nobody know, reads anything. But it's, yeah, because right? yeah, nobody reads anything. But of course, anything. there's knives and fire and wine in class. You've got to sign a waiver before you can. Right. Yeah. Um, the woman that tried to eat food the off woman the floor. That tried yeah. to eat food off the floor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, those are those are the ones that always stand out in my mind. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because we work with what's in, a potato peeler? What? Well, there was a cheese grater. Yeah, how do you use this? We have yeah, yeah we've had people <laughs> with the vegetable peelers and they never clue. And these were older people. This this mm -hmm. is not like a teenager or yeah, a young no. adult. This was someone you know our age, and it was like, wait we, a minute, we are not the same age. No, we're not. <laughs> but, but we are. But we're but, together. But we are. Yeah, we are. <laughs> she gets older heart. and I get younger. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. Yeah. It's weird how that works out. Yeah. So, yeah, we, um, 
but yeah, things like that. And every night is pretty fascinating. What people every do day is a new say. day. It is a new day. Every day is a new day. But I think that's why we enjoy. That's it so why much. I like it. Yeah, because I don't like the same old thing. Yeah. So, do you each have your own favorite dish that you prepare? Mm. Well, my favorite is risotto. Class to teach. That's my favorite class to teach. Well, I, I pretty much love to make. You like to make it too. And I you're like making it. it from scratch, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, wow. oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a great class. Oh, you. I should yeah. sign up for that. Sorry. Stir it up. Okay. It's a real short class. Yeah. It's very really short. Okay, now I realize. <laughs> no, I know. People ask that all the time. Yeah. Like we have a pasta class, and they're like from scratch, and we're like, "What do you think? We just teach you how to boil water? Like <laughs> what? Okay. What?" I actually made pasta this past week from scratch for the first time, and we did fettuccine, and I've never seen so many different sizes oh, yeah. oh, of God. fettuccine because I was cutting it by hand. Yeah, we call that we rustic. Yeah, oh, so I, love, yeah. I love the, the angle that you put on that. Mm -hmm. I, so I served Canada, a very rustic yeah. um, fettuccine dish. How was weekend. it? It was amazing, Good. and I probably will never buy the boxed fettuccine ever again. Good for you. Really? How fast was it? See, I'm thinking like, God, this must be a two-day process. It's not like, a two-day process. Do no, we no. literally did our flour, and then we put the eggs in it, yeah. and then we just like stirred it with a fork, you know, TikTok. Really? Go to TikTok. They'll teach you how to do this. Or, or just come to our class. Come, come right. to your class. And they'll teach you a better way to do it. Uh, exactly. A different it way. Yeah. yeah. A less messy way. Well, because yeah. this was very messy, yeah, and I had it like messy. all in my hands, yeah. and I all over the floor, and yeah, it yeah, was pretty. Everywhere. It was pretty bad. It was really, really good. Once you got past my rusticness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so did you? Did you use a pasta maker? Did you roll it out? What we did you rolled do? it out with by hand. Pin? With a yes. rolling pin. Yeah. yeah, I have one of the KitchenAid mixers, and I was going to buy the attachment. Oh, yes. That's yes. Awesome. But you can't find them in the store. No. No. And I'm like. Oh, Forget it. That's they're bomb. They are bomb. Are if they, you want to yeah. make pasta on your own, that's yeah. the way to do yeah. it. If you don't have someone to, you know, help, help, you. help you catch it. <laughs> it was like 10 minutes that. of meeting, and then I think we had to let it rest for about 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And from there, it was just a matter of, like, rolling it out and then slicing it. Mm -hmm. And then boiling it to about two minutes. It does, yeah. yeah, yeah. So pasta is not uh, – pasta is very intimidating. To it's make very, it's our hardest. Class. It's our hardest class because you really have to. Because we do drink and we have music on, and we, you know, we want class to be a, a good time. But with pasta, you have to kind of focus, and there's some numbers involved, and you have to pay attention. You have to pay attention. Follow direction. A little more than important than some of the other some classes. of the other classes. Yeah, and because um, it's not, it can be forgiving, but it's not always forgiving. But it's very um, rewarding. Mm -hmm. Yes, and it's very impressive when you make it for your friends, and you're like, "I made that pasta," you know, and then they're like, "Ooh!" I don't even have friends like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you need to come to the cooking well, class. Well, come to the cooking class. Yeah. How to make pasta and then make new friends, right? Yeah. Right. That's what I'm trying to do right here. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing that right now. That's awesome. Yeah, it's very okay. So for me, here's my brag. I ran out of cream of mushroom. Last night. So, it, okay. <laughs> what? Cream of mushroom What is, what is that? Like, what's cream of mushroom I'm thinking, like, like why, why is this a big deal for you? Like, no, do you constantly is. have cream of mushroom soup in your... I do. That normally. That's a Well, no, no. I do in my cabinet, and I needed it for a dish. Okay. And I was like, I am not going to Walmart. So, Googled, which yeah. this is not 
I mean, I'm not a cook, so. And just, but honest to God, it was so easy. I know this is not, should not be shocking to anybody else, but, or will not be shocking to anybody else, but it was so easy and it tasted so much better. What did better. you do? It was um, mesh, I had some mesh, a can of mushrooms or jar of mushrooms, so I put it in the, um, sauteed it with a little bit of butter, but no. You just made that's it. That's what I did. No, no, no. It was really good, but it was butter, mushrooms, um, milk, flour, a little bit of flour, and then seasoning, like garlic, yeah. onion powder, but you really did. But you killed it, and it was a step up from what you were used to doing. Yeah. It was a step up, yeah. and it was yeah. so convenient. Yeah. Sorry. No, stop. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Face, and I'll tell you what it is. Tell me. Canned or jarred vegetables. Oh, yeah. They're shit. I know. We're not in a depression, even though we're in a fucking pandemic. We're I not know. in We're not the Great Depression right now. And those mushrooms, those aren't even, are they even real mushrooms? What they're, the fuck are those? They're well, like, well, here's the they're thing. very slimy. They're very gross. If People you, don't like if mushrooms. You will try, if you will try buying a fresh box of mushrooms. Okay. Okay. They don't, they, okay. So if you buy a domesticated box of mushrooms in the grocery store that's covered in plastic wrap, mm -hmm. those are grown in sterilized peat moss. Okay. Not in poo. So you don't wash them. You just brush the, the peat moss off of them. And then you can, uh, and, and typically we have people take the stems out okay. uh, because they're, they're tough and they're really only good. I mean, some people like to eat them like, for whatever reason, um, but they're mostly good for like stocks and things like that. But then you slice or chop up the mushroom caps mm -hmm. and the difference between what a real mushroom tastes like mm -hmm. and a preserved mushroom out of a jar tastes like. It's night and day, and I contend that the reason why most people don't like mushrooms is because they've always had the ones that come out of the can or the jar. Yeah, it is a it's whole also a texture, texture thing. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's a yeah. whole yeah. different texture. I 100% agree. Yeah. I can tell that you ladies have this world of, like, just knowledge, and but also passion for cooking and for what you do here. How long have you been cooking? <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of like when have I not cooked because my mom was an amazing cook. She was not a good teacher. She couldn't mm. teach to save her, and she didn't want to. She just wanted you to figure it out, you know, by standing there watching her. And so I was always around amazing food, And uh, but she was a country cook. I mean, you know, there was, and, and by that I don't mean that she fried everything mm -hmm. but it was simple fare for the most part but but prepared very deliciously and so I just always cooked and or I always tried to cook and then um, I had dinner parties or whatever and people would be like well you know you need to have a restaurant or you need to have a catering business or you need to have that's easy because it's so easy. Oh, yeah. You know, because you can cook. Because anyone like, that hasn't been in that world is like, oh, that's <laughs> easy. Like, oh, you should have a that's restaurant. Let's have a restaurant. Mm -hmm. um, and so finally, um, I looked into becoming a personal chef. And so I, be I was certified as a personal chef. And so I did that for a while. And then through a number of really horrible instances, mm -hmm. I ended up with a restaurant on Brookside called Lava. But I met her, so it's it all right. It was all right. <laughs> So it'll but, all it yeah. but, but I've been cooking professionally close to 15 years, okay. I'd say. It was a second career. And what did you do prior to cooking? Um, I'm a clinical psychologist. <laughs> I have a PhD. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> From OSU, right? From You're OSU. a cowboy. 
Yeah. Well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, was, it was graduate school. You know? okay. yeah. My daughter is at OSU. This is her sophomore year. So yeah. It's different when you're an undergrad versus being in grad. I mean, I taught the undergrad. So. Gotcha. You went to TU as well, didn't I you? I went to TU. Yeah. So you jumped from that to cooking. Later in life, too. Yeah. What was the motivation behind that? I mean, if we have enough time. Should I? Should I, should I? <laughs> well, the thing about the thing about being a psychologist is that it's it's um, it's a challenging world, not necessarily because of your clients, but because of your colleagues. Mm -hmm. And so you find that when you go into psychology, a lot of times that there are a lot of people in there who became psychologists or social workers or whatever because they had serious mental health issues, mm -hmm. and they're very hard to work with. Really. Yes. I've always heard that. I've always heard, I've really always heard like yeah. the ca the counselors are have the and it makes craziest sense. like personal life. Of course, I issues. didn't. Of course not. You're perfect. <laughs> There's always that unicorn. Yes, <laughs> that would be me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I just you know the thing is I I uh, was drawn to cooking and food and fine dining and I I just stopped being a psychologist. I mean, you don't stop being a psychologist. Yeah, we do it every night. Yeah. In class. Yeah, it's very helpful, actually, a lot of times. It time. is helpful. And um, and because, actually, Natalia worked in that world as well um, in, in a uh, – you were a business manager, yeah. weren't you? Yeah, for private practice. For so. psychiatrists. Yeah. So um, now I just – you know, you, you, you try to follow your heart, and it's hard to find that thing, but I found my heart in cooking. And so that's what made the difference. I was good at psychology, but I love to cook and I love the, the experience that people can either get from eating the food, making the food, or both. Mm -hmm. And she's even said a few times like, you know, I mean, Candace is a little bit older, so, you know, back in the day, like, that wasn't even an option for her. No, like, no, to no. be a female in that world, like, that wasn't even a thought that you could even do that. So she didn't think about it. Yeah. You know? So. No. Never. Like, literally, by popular demand, we have Candace here in front of us. <laughs> <laughs> by popular demand. Yeah. Well, I don't yeah. know about that, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things that it's, um, and... And just like a lot of things, it's like my, my daughter was a dancer, and you have to need to dance. You have to love it so much that you need to dance because it's a, such a hard life. Cooking is the same way. Mm -hmm. It's a hard life. We stand on our feet. We deal with a bunch of idiot people. <laughs> but not your customers. Not our customers. Not never, all. never. And and it's um, it can be stressful. So uh, and, and especially if you're on a line and you're working in a restaurant, it's um, when you have to make decisions quickly. And there's no yeah. time to fuck around. No, like, it never stops. No, no. Like it, I, the people that I've known that have had anything businesses in the you know restaurant, it's three six three hundred sixty five. I mean, like they. It's they have hard times going on vacation and right. ever because nobody's going to do it like you're going to do it in the stores. So you can't. Leave well, it and like people. normal people's vacation time and downtime is like our busy time. So like right. Christmas and like the holidays mm -hmm. when everybody's got like a week off and we're in like balls to the wall. So it's also hard to have that um, friendships outside of that business too yeah. because most people work different hours. Yeah, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's 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 a. 
balancing act. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Awesome. So you guys do cooking classes. What kind? Uh, the only kind we don't do is sushi baking. and baking. So two kinds. I was going to ask two, you. <laughs> two kinds. Two kinds. Never mind. Two kinds. But the, the, when I think of cooking and then... But no, we don't bake. So we do classes. We schedule. We don't bake. And, and like flour, like we were talking about it's with like your pasta. We it's just like, flour is like litter. Like it fucking goes everywhere. You can't get rid of it. It's always somewhere. Even after you've cleaned five times, you're going to find it somewhere else. Um, it makes a mess. It but gets in my black coat. It gets, I mean, somehow it gets everywhere. Yeah. It's like in your bra. It's like everywhere. Everywhere. So we have classes scheduled Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, every week. Um, they're on our calendar at thegirlcancookschool.com. You can click on them there, and it like pulls up a um, info, a description, a description about that menu. class and what we're going to yeah. be making in that class. So you can kind of tell before you sign up. Um, then we save the weekends for private parties. We do have kids' classes Saturday days. We have a chef instructor that teaches those. We do not those. teach those we are ourselves. Not, yeah, we are not there with your sweet little baby children. No. <laughs> we don't, don't, don't worry. worry. Don't worry. Don't worry about that. They will be scared. Um, our instructor's great. Yeah. And then we do privates as well. So we do private classes. And so we keep the weekends open for that. Okay. Yeah, I but, love the kids' cooking class. Yeah. And the fact that you get to drop them off. You just drop them off. I mean, two hours. Yeah. That is a perfect, perfect for you to drop your kids off, 8 to 12, yeah. right? Ages 8 to 12. Ages, Ages 12. Yeah. Ages, yeah. Drop them off. They're completely monitored. Yeah. They're going to have fun, learn something, and you can go on a little... Let me know eight. when I can drop my three-year-old grandson off to you, ladies. When he's eight. <laughs> <laughs> In five years. He almost looks eight. <laughs> so, yeah, you can drop him off. You can go run errands. You can go have lunch. You can go do whatever you want yeah. to do. There's all kinds of stuff around here. But all our classes, including our kids' classes, are hands-on. Um, Food-wise, in our classes, we do – Candace is, like – Italian in another life, like yeah. so. There's a lot of Italian food, a lot of but Italian. we do Greek and we do we do seasonal. We do, we do Spanish, we do Mexican, we I'm do Asian. German. Yeah, wow. we throw German that, on there. German for the kids. kids. Yeah. yeah, but I mean that's amazing. Yeah, like, I always love it. my kids get entertainment, learn something, yeah. a cult, different culture, like all of it, and then come home and make it for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so people basically go to the website, mm -hmm. they find what they want to do, mm -hmm. they schedule it. And then they just show up. Yep. Do yeah. they bring anything with them? No, just themselves. They can bring. And if they want to, if they don't want, you know, we have a lot of people who don't want to drink wine, so they'll bring beer. Sometimes we have people bring cocktails. Mm -hmm. um, so, so you can bring whatever that, you want. You to can drink. bring whatever you want to drink. Yeah. but you don't have to. You don't have to bring anything. We provide everything. Everything mm -hmm. from the food to the utensils. The entertainment. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. It's fun. It's a fun night out. We do date nights on Tuesday, so it's kind of a fun. We just call it date night. We don't care what that date looks like. If it's mother, daughter, if it's yeah. husband, wife, if it's husband, husband, if it's wife, wife, whatever yeah, it is. We like We don't care. We don't care if it's We're two just friends. friends. Just friends. Yeah, that come. Um, but you buy one seat for two people on date night. But it's also kind of nice because... It's something different to do other than just go out for dinner or go watch a movie or like stupid shit. You know, and like it's that. so reasonable. Yeah. Like that, I yeah. was looking, the whole way I found y'all was looking for something for a gift for a birthday and yeah. wanted it to be fun. I came across this and I was like, no. Like I've never heard of it. Yeah. But what a great night out. Super. I mean, for two people, 140. Mm -hmm. yeah. Nothing. It's and nothing. entertainment. It's what you're going to spend going out and having dinner and, and a drink somewhere. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, really, yeah. for two people, you are. Easy. And we've got gift certificates, which you probably found yeah. online. And that's the best way. Like, some people sign up for other people for classes, and that's kind of weird. But, like, buy a gift certificate, and they can come to whatever they want. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. exactly what I did. Yeah. And it's a great gift, you know, or it's put it in the basket with something else or, yeah. you know, something different. I will tell you this. And also, looking at the calendar and the different classes, I mean, there were healthy options. Mm -hmm. There were options, you know, if you if you want to learn more of a skill like the knife, my skills. Yeah, yeah like skills, I mean, yeah. There, there's that. Those technical classes, yeah. of course, the stuff for kids, date night, everything else, and then there. I mean, it just healthy options, yeah. all kinds. So outside of the cooking classes, um, what else do you ladies do with with our time? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. With our spare time, yeah. what do we do? Sleep. Long walks on the beach. <laughs> um, we have Only a podcast. Hands. We hold hands. Yeah. Yes. What is your Tell podcast? Your podcast. Yeah. It's uh, the podcast is called "Not a Single Fork" for many reasons. Oh, that's hilarious. And we're starting our sixth sixth season. Sixth wow. Season. That's what I said. Um, and we are pretty irreverent. Um, it's food and cooking. Um, I like to think we're disruptors in the whole podcast world. We yeah. just, because we, we're not looking for, for instance, the the uh, podcast when we do interviews, we like just regular people. Because everybody eats food, regardless of what kind of food you eat or what you grew up with. It's and we know some life. pretty entertaining people. Yeah. So for season six, it's gonna, it's kind of, uh, we've sort of titled it the changing food world in COVID. Mm -hmm. And so we're getting people to talk about all the weird stuff that they've made that they never thought they would because they have, they, time. They have time at home. Yeah. And uh, if they, you know, will they keep cooking like that? Will they not ever do it again? Or are they, you know, screaming out the door to go to a restaurant, you know? Because we know a lot of people that they, they don't cook at all. And so all their meals come from, you know, restaurants or fast food or picking up or whatever. I mean, we know a lot of people like that. Wow. Even regulars that come to class, yeah. that's the only time they cook is when they're here with us. Mm -hmm. And so then when the restaurants shut down, and I mean, yes, a lot of them would do like to-go food items and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But not everybody did. And so we're like, okay, what'd you do? Yeah. yeah. Like, what did you have to eat? You didn't yeah. eat pizza every night. Like, what did you do? Yeah. So that'll be what this season's about. Um, and then it'll be our, it's our one year anniversary doing that in June. Beginning no, of two. Two years. Two, two years. years. Yeah. Okay. Two years. Wow. And we're, so we're on uh, Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify, Amazon Music. Uh, Google Play. Google Play. iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. We're, uh, we're in all the places that you like to listen to podcasts. Yeah. And then um, during the pandemic, we did shut down for a couple months in the beginning, you know, when everybody kind of did and nobody knew what was going on. Still don't know what's going on, um, but we started doing Facebook Lives, and we really enjoyed those like live cook-alongs on Facebook for people. They'd go out and buy all the ingredients. They'd cook with us. Um, they'd ask questions during. So we're starting to do that once wow. a month. Um, February fifth will be our first one for this year. <coughs> yeah, we'll have a special co-host, a special celebrity, celebrity co guest co-host who doesn't know how to cook. Are you able to tell us, or are you waiting to announce? Oh that no, on it's on Facebook. So um, it's Mark Gibson who is a favorite local Tulsa musician. Mm -hmm. um, I think probably beyond Tulsa too, but yeah. um, he plays in Tulsa a lot. And he if you haven't heard of him, you guys need to look yeah, him up on the yeah, He's really he good. Does, um, he does Facebook Lives on Saturdays, yeah. typically, from his living room. Yeah. And um, he's just a great guy and wants to learn how to 
cook something. And he's super cute. Super <gasps> cute. Is he? Does he play no. the guitar? Yes. yes okay, guitar. I know exactly yeah. who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, because I said super cute. Well, and you were like, oh, I know that guy. Since my husband <laughs> may, may not be listening to this podcast, yes. Yeah, he's cute. He's, he's such a nice guy. He's not single. He's got a lovely girlfriend, unfortunately, for everybody. But um, he's yeah, lovely. He's No, he is an amazing artist. But he's an amazing artist. Yeah, yeah, he really is. You he's, should definitely yeah, you need listen, to, listen to, him. to him. Yeah, then we can hit him up afterwards. Absolutely. Yeah. Mark, oh, Gibson. <laughs> Mark Gibson. Mark Gibson. Yeah, markgibsonmusic.com. But he'll be joining us um, February 5th, Facebook Live. It's nineteen ninety nine. Um, and then you, you'll get the recipes, you'll get the ingredients. In fact, they're already, they're already there. there. If you purchase access, they're already available to you. So. Okay. And you go out and you shop and you get all your stuff. You can always ask us questions ahead of time. Like sometimes we have questions about ingredients and that kind of thing. And then, um, during the live, uh, basically I film if, I don't know if you've watched, we've got them still on Facebook, but like I'll film Candace and be the colorful commentary. Yes. <laughs> and the camera, basically. Who else? Yeah. I mean. And so we do it in her kitchen at her house. And we've also had uh, Facebook Lives where, because Natalia's a bartender, and so mm -hmm. she's done a couple of cocktails, so we flip rolls at that point. And yeah. I, our Christmas special? Our Christmas special, yes. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> you guys have to watch that. I'm not going to yeah. tell you any more about that. <laughs> <laughs> I am definitely interested. I can't wait. It was special. It was very special <laughs> for many reasons. Um, but yeah, that'll be February 5th. That's the Friday night. We'll be doing that from 6 to 8 p.m. Mm -hmm. um, you can be in your pajamas. You can be naked at home. It doesn't matter. Like, we and can't you don't see have you. to cook a lot. No, you, you can, can just, just sit and have, have a drink. drink and it can be your date night. Yeah. You know, it we, could be a night out. We had one, in, where, we, we had one that we, when we were um, during uh, our shutdown, and a gal was cooking along with us, and she said her smoke alarm off and the fire department showed up oh wow. yeah. that would be me yeah it was pretty funny <laughs> it was very funny it was pretty funny we, she we got the play-by-play -play she's the... like i offered them something to eat they, <laughs> they neglected because like, because it was burning yeah <laughs> <laughs> and she was in a different state yeah yeah she was somewhere else and that's the nice oh, thing about the facebook yeah. lives is that we can get people from all over to join us for that so you can have your sister in colorado mm -hmm. Your aunt in New York. You guys can all cook together. Together. Yeah. That yeah. is right. so special. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. love that. That's yeah. great. So, and it's a lot of fun. And you can, you know, we're very free and loose. And yes. um, we drink a little bit during that. And they, don't so. say, they don't say any curse words. No, not at oh, all. No, no, and so you all. can kind of, you know, you can play with us. And, and it's live. And go back and forth if you have questions during, you know. A lot of times in a household, we see that one person is like cooking and one person is like, okay, well, you know, ask her a question or like they're typing us questions, you know, so. That is so much fun. Have friends over and do that if you want or, yeah. yeah I, love, I love that. So anything else that we need to know before we head out? Come see us in class. Yeah. 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 We're, um, we're here Tuesday through Thursday. Yeah. And well, I was going to say Valentine's, we're here Tuesday through Saturday, but all those classes are full. So That's I looked when I was trying to get our, I, there were so many classes, waiting lists, waiting yeah. lists. You need to get on it. So yeah. I think that class that. Well, yeah. And because, you know, because of COVID, we had to cut our oh, class size. So they yeah. fill up a lot faster than they used to, which is okay. But we'd still, we'd like to, you know, go back to our full-size classes eventually. But only when it's safe for when everybody. It's safe, Absolutely. Yeah. So everyone can find you where? 
Oh, everywhere, apparently. Well, <laughs> <laughs> everywhere. Well, our website is thegirlcancookschool.com, and there's a lot of information there about our classes, about private events. Um, you can go to our class calendar from the website and um, sign up. And Facebook and Instagram. Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Uh, and then if you want to listen to the podcast, that's going to be on your yeah. podcast yeah, stations. Yeah, any of your podcast stations. Yeah. So pretty much everywhere. And we'll have links for all of that yeah. in the show notes. Awesome. To make sure. Are you guys available on YouTube? We are on YouTube. Um, we don't, we haven't done a whole lot on YouTube. Oh, our Patreon. Patreon page. Patreon page. Yeah. There's a, um, I, I don't know if you're familiar or not, but there is a website called Patreon where a lot of creatives come together to um, have uh, it's a membership site basically so you can um, you can get you can go to not a single fork on patreon and our page comes up and we have tiers of membership um, and as the tiers go up then you get access to our YouTube yeah. videos mm -hmm. and recipes, recipes extra recipes and mm -hmm. you know what us goofing around and doing stuff videos. on camera yeah, yeah. so um, yeah, so that's another place you can find us. And so we're working on our YouTube presence. It's just, you know, God, there's so much social media. There is. Yeah. It's hard to And it's just up. really the two of us. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I really enjoyed getting to know you ladies, hanging out in your space, which is very, very romantic and nice and open and fun. Like there's just so many different vibes here, oh, but it's all great. So I've really enjoyed. Thanks for allowing us to come in and hang out with you. Yeah, of course. And the wine. And yes. the wine. Yes. Cheers. 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 And thank you for joining us for the lifestyle scene. We hope you enjoyed today's segment. I'm your host, Jennifer Sanford with Beyond Blinds. We are Tulsa's one-stop shop for all of your window covering needs. Whether you're looking for blinds, shutters, shade, or motorization, Beyond Blinds has got you covered. You can find us at www.beyondblindsok.com, where you can go and schedule your complimentary on-site design consultation. And I am Stephanie Cockleman with Let's Go Urban, where it is our mission to bring people together for fun with our app-based and self-guided scavenger hunts. They are perfect for any kind of group outing, party, fundraiser, or even corporate team building event. You can find us at www.letsgoandhunt.com. Hey, I'm Jenny Wallach with the Wallach Group, Keller Williams Realty. And I'm Neil Dieterle with Interiors. Welcome back to the Tulsa scene. We are so excited to talk about all things trending in Tulsa. Yeah, we, so we've been talking a lot about January and this new year, a flip of the calendar. And today we are talking about how the work world may have changed or kind of trending in Tulsa and that what's going on professionally. Yeah, so we wanted to pull in our friend and super smart lady business owner, Carrie Baker with Pro Recruiters, because she has lots of knowledge on this topic. So Carrie, introduce yourself and tell everyone who you are, what you do. 
Sure. Thanks, Jenny and Neil, for the invite. I'm so happy to be here. Um, I have owned uh, Pro Recruiters now for over 13 years, and we're a professional recruiting and staffing company that does executive placements as well as contingent workforce uh, placements for a myriad of uh, companies, not only in the Tulsa area, but also just throughout the state of Oklahoma. And uh, we also do uh, staffing and executive search for um, over 20 other states out just outside of Oklahoma. So um, I, I think I have a good pulse on uh, the market here in Oklahoma and uh, what trending kind of from a workforce standpoint in 2021, but also from a, a national level. Carrie, it's been so exciting to watch you build out your business the last bit. I'm so successful. And you obviously are in expert fields. We're the right person to come to for this. We just, we wondered, you know, Jenny and I talked a lot about having to pivot last year and how every work style changed and being at home and working. People really had to think about how to invent what they were doing and how to accomplish their days last. Based on what you're hearing from them this year, if you're talking, are we will ever go back to plays to solve the normal? What are you so uh, that, the answer is different to, based on the size of the company. Obviously, with, with a pandemic and just kind of crowd control, uh, we're dealing with a company that has thousands of employees. They do not have the ability to have everybody go back to work because of just the sheer volume of people in this space right now. Um, so as far as larger companies resuming a normal um, kind of business as usual uh, policy. I think that's going to be uh, a while now. And I really do anticipate that um, some companies may never go back to uh, normal as it was, uh, particularly those larger um, companies, just because it's very hard um, to get everybody safely uh, in one space. For smaller businesses, businesses. And when I talk about smaller businesses, I'm talking about 50 employees or less. We've really already seen uh, business as usual. Um, there are you know, most companies, mine included, which we only have six people. We have a mask policy where you wear a mask. You're in like public places, but when you're at your office, in your own office or at your own desk, because everybody is spaced out, you can take your mask off, but everybody's in the office. Um, so I think you know, the answer is going to be different based on the, the, the size of the company and obviously to the industry. Some jobs can be done really. And I think that is something that 2020 brought to light is that, you know, with the technology that we have, you can be very productive uh, from home. In fact, me personally, at the start of this year, I announced to my team, I found out that I really enjoy working from home because it's quiet and I get very little uh, distraction um, and I can really focus on the business, focus on growing my business. So I just said, hey, I'm going to follow the following office hours, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursdays and Fridays, I'll be working from home. And my team knows that I'm accessible, but it was just something that I really uh, found. You know, they say 2020 is perfect vision. I really got a lot of clarity about myself last year in that regard and said, this, this is my new normal now because it's something that feeds me and, and works for me. Um, my other team members, you know, when I did implement a, a mandatory work from home, I think at the beginning of the pandemic, and it was just so uncertain about what, what this virus was and how it was going to impact us. Um, everybody worked from home, and there were two individuals that just absolutely hated it and were begging me after three weeks to come to the office. And so I said, because you guys are separated, you can still come into the office. So it's, I, I think, you know, the silver lining of it is that 
the technology has allowed us to work from wherever. Uh, a challenge, obviously, is uh, keeping a balance between work and family life because we're anywhere now. Um, but as far as the new normal, I think, uh, you know, it really depends on the company size, the company personnel, the comfort level. And I do think that people like being with other people. And there is that collaboration. I know that I can only do so many Zoom calls before I just miss that people interaction. So I think see a little bit of balance, but I think we're going to create a different normal from a work standpoint. Um, so that's my answer. I think with all of that, you talk, people have discovered kind of what, what they need professionalized and what they, some people are people. So are you, are you kind of environment or maybe the job chain, maybe they're working for a long time, but the job is in those sorts of ways. Are you going to want to sell and try this time to self-reflection? Is that a, is that a, absolutely. So I think one thing that has happened has, uh, you know, it's, it's come to light that they do enjoy uh, working from home. And if the company won't allow that, there's some opportunities that maybe allow that working from home option. Um, I think anything to last year required a lot of collaboration with individuals and it required a lot of, you know, quick reaction to what are the business needs? How can we be agile? And some people were pushed into projects that may not have been pushed on them in years prior and they really enjoyed that work. And so they're, they're coming to firms like us confidentially saying, Hey, I worked on this and I really enjoyed it. Are there other opportunities for me? Um, I told you both before we started the call that I love statistics and I love numbers. And um, every morning I'm researching the job market and trends in the industry. And just yesterday, and I'm going to I'm gonna look away for a second so I can read this. Um, just yesterday, they, they finalized a study that was completed in December of 2020. And it said 82% of job seekers consider um, are considering a job change. Uh, for 2021. Uh, that's, that's a huge percentage. Um, and then they said here, um, the survey included 1.156 million individuals, um, as well as uh, 489,000 like HR professionals. Um, and then um, let's see, 88% uh, of workers are concerned about the lack of jobs in the field. Uh, so that's where that reinvention is going to come from because they're worried maybe about the long-term uh, relevancy of, of their of their job because th some things now are being done remotely, some things technology has replaced. And so they're they're thinking along those lines. Um, then uh, as far as what employer or employees are looking for, um, they're looking for companies with good brands, good reputations, um, and uh, a good culture um, and a kind of embracing of the the, the work-life balance. Um, there were a lot of parents that I talked to uh, this past year that really fretted about what do I do with virtual school and also working full-time and the companies that showed empathy, that cared about their employees, that really tried to work through that, uh, got a lot of points with, uh, with those employees. So um, another 26% of job seekers also look at diversity, um, inclusion, um, and uh, then another, another my last topic is 63% uh, of job seekers are checking out the company's social media and uh, in their website and their, their reviews just about the company. So um, I think that uh, a lot of people considering a lot of changes for this year and, and some of it could be 
from what I said previously, 2020 is good vision. A lot of people had the opportunity to gain insight about their family life, about their personal uh, priorities and uh, what they're passionate about. And they're really thinking long and hard about uh, where they spend the bulk of their time. So a lesson that I, I took from that, Carrie, is that if I am an employer, I need to ensure that my people feel great about that work-life balance. And then also that our culture reflects that and the mm-hmm. flexibility. I know that a lot of that reflects on our, in our business. So Carrie, what if people are out there listening, watching, and they are in that wonky place of, I don't love what I do. I think there could be more for me out there. What could they be doing right now to freshen their resume or their online presence media platforms? So LinkedIn is still probably the number one professional platform. And I say, you need to update that and you need to change your settings to be open to opportunities so that recruiters and hiring managers know that you're open to a phone call. Um, I think um, having a relevant photo, having relevant bullets as far as what you've done um, on your online profile is important. Uh, From a Facebook standpoint, just like job seekers look at a company's Facebook Companies look at a person's personal Facebook. Um, unfortunately, this past year, um, you know, Facebook became a very political fighting uh, uh, platform. And if a job seeker has a lot of that content um, on their Facebook, they need to set their privacy settings in such a way that not everybody can see it. Everybody's entitled to their opinion, but they also have to have enough emotional intelligence and maturity to understand that there's a potential hiring manager that they may have different opinions. And before that hiring manager even gives that job seeker a chance, they could come to a conclusion about them. So um, it's better to uh, just block it. Um, the other thing is, you know, resumes personally, I think they're so antiquated because anybody can put anything on a piece of paper, but unfortunately there's still a ticket to get inside of a company for an interview. So updating your resume is incredibly important. Pro recruiters does provide uh, some resume writing services. If someone is interested, we do something like a resume review. It's $50. We'll, we'll proof it for you and make some, some minor, uh, suggestions or changes. If someone is full on needing a resume written for them, that's going to cost a little bit more, but, uh, but we'll do a comprehensive one to two hour interview with that candidate to really talk through what their skill sets are, what their goals are, what their accomplishes are, accomplishments are, and then we'll write a really stellar resume for them. So so I know that you obviously have an amazing organization help people, whether they're looking for a new career or if they are an employer, look for people to help them. So why don't you tell everyone how they can find you and what all you... Well, we're still uh, we're still in the office. <laughs> we're still there. So call uh, 918-551-7767. They can email in and every single person on my team gets the same email. It's info, I-N-F-O at prorecruiters.com. And they can also go to our website, which is prorecruiters.com and fill out a contact us form or a question. And uh, they'll get a response within 24 hours, if not soon. Awesome. Well, we're just so grateful for you and your wisdom and the work world information. And uh, thanks for sharing all your knowledge. We'll talk to you real soon. Thank you. Bye, Carrie. Bye. That was great. I love talking to Carrie. She is such a wealth of knowledge on all things professional right now. I'm so impressed. And it's cool to have another great woman-owned business, Elsa, right? You've got one of those. And I know that 
um, just like she said, all the companies needing to pivot throughout the year, you and your real estate team really had to make some changes, the challenges in 2020. Yes. Yeah, we did. You know, even uh, early on last year in March, we instantly went to all stay at home or home like so many others did. And luckily we were deemed initial. And so as real estate professionals, we were still able to work. However, our whole lives were turned upside down of how do you help people buy and sell houses with, you know, safely. And so we got to implement really quick, you know, new standards and rules of how we were going to do that. We got really great at uh, Zoom and at uh, virtual walking tours or virtual appointments with our clients. And I love so many of the things that we got to discover. There's so much Etsy in utilizing technology. And so a lot of those things we're going to keep around, you know, and the other thing Carrie mentioned was just that, you know, maybe employers for places of work, how important culture is. And that was definitely something that we really worked hard on last year as a real estate biz that, you know, the admin operations team that typically was in office now was able to work from home. And now you've got the, the juggling of the, the smaller kids or virtual school and everyone had to be really good at their time blocked calendar. You know, that's a whole nother day of talking about how to follow your calendar to be really productive. And I think we got pretty good at it. But I'll say the thing about the working from home and getting out into the workforce at the same, you know, blending those together was that we also had to really stay connected as a team because honestly, over the last year, we've only met three times in person as a wow. whole group unit. And we helped a lot of families last year. It was pretty amazing that we were able to do that. And so culture really matters. Staying connected really matters. And honestly, having a big vision, you know, like for our team, we attach giving back to the community as a part of our mission. So when we get to help families, then we get to give back and it makes us feel good. It makes you feel good. And so Neil, you, you know, you're kind of a part of the, our world um, because you helped stage all of our listings. I mean, how was your world kind of past year, some virtual sum and what all happened there? Well, I am fortunate to get to be a part of your organization in that way. And um, what you guys just phenomenal. First, I have to give you a shout out. So you mentioned you're trying to transfer your world to Zoom and you have the best possible setup now that I'm looking at you in that way of anyone I have ever seen. So you need to give some of your tips for lighting and you're putting your furniture and you set your desk. So everyone can learn something about Disney Wallet. I've done um, enough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that's right. You're now you live this way 98% of the time. And so you really have to get it right. And you have to feel good about what you're putting out to clients or um, even your teammates. So but anyway, great job on that. I, my world shifted. Yes. In the, the very beginning, um, as you said, real estate stayed very busy and the staging stayed very busy. I shifted a lot to virtual also, which was interesting. So instead of going and walking through people's houses, I was asking them to send me videos, um, just, you know, walk me through your house, give me a virtual tour and telling them from that video, where to their furniture and what I saw, it was kind of an, an interesting perspective. Um, made me look at houses a little more differently as, as far as the real estate perspective in knowing that what you see on a camera is what, what other people are going to see in photos. And so now when I, I am back in houses, um, doing that as safely, people are comfortable with it. Now I really can say, Hey, here's what the lens sees and, and let's focus on our part of the house or, um, make, make the changes. So it was a learning opportunity for me and how to focus in. And um, that time management was key too, because that, 
I, I learned what I could do in a shorter amount of time in a video rather than standing up. So that's been interesting. Design clients, um, that's been a little different because so much of that is on the ground. You have to be in a space um, purchasing things like fabric um, and tile. You have to be in a place to see those materials that cannot all be done online and done well. So there's been a bit of a shift and needing to schedule appointments and um, kind of jumping to do that. But it's it's been fun. You know, I think it keeps your brain active to constantly challenge yourself to try to do way. So that's that's when you come up with the best creative solution. Just like you said, sometimes those are the ones that that stick. You never do you get to it, but then they work for you. So you just keep going. Yep. I love it. All right. Well, that's it for today. What are we talking about next time, Neil? I think next week we've got the last week of January and we want to focus in a little on personal style and how to refresh, revamp your, um, your look for this year of 2021. Well, I'm super excited. Make sure that you guys subscribe, like, follow, share the Tulsa scene and we'll talk to you next time. Bye now. Yeah. Hey everybody, thank you for tuning in for another episode of The Business Scene here on the Tulsa Scene Podcast. I am Brittany Harlow. I'm Kelly. This is Kelly Tidwell. And joining us today, this evening, whatever time you're watching this, is Neil J with J and Associates PC. So why don't you tell everyone what you are, Neil, and what you do and where you are at, all that good stuff. Okay, great. Thank you, Brittany. I appreciate the uh, intro. Um, yes, my name is Neil Jay. I'm a CPA in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, we are a uh, small nine or 10 person business, depending on exactly, you know, when in the year you catch us, a lot of seasonal work. Um, you know, we specialize in tax, business valuation, uh, bookkeeping, you know, compilation reports, things such as that nature. Um, you know, really pretty much a, a full spectrum practice, um, you know, short of really offering audit services at this time. We, we really don't do that anymore. Um, most of our businesses are between about five employees and 500. Um, we do uh, a lot of, um, you know, uh, service oriented businesses, a lot of physician practices, a lot of medical, legal, um, things such as that. So a lot of small mom and pop businesses as well. So, you know, we, uh, we kind of have our, our hand in a whole lot of things. So, but my firm's been around since 1977. Hopefully I don't look that old. Um, I'm second generation. Um, bought my father out about 10 years ago and we've been running it ever since then. And, and yeah, we have a nice little practice. So yeah. Wonderful. Well, again, thank you so much for agreeing to speak with us on what we sure. know or are learning. It's a very sticky tax year. And obviously we don't want this to be a three hour conversation. We never do that to you. Um, but we would like to kind of get your take on what makes this year different than years previous. Okay. Um, well, just about everything makes this year unique. Um, one, just from COVID in general and, and having to kind of shift the way we operate on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, you know, we've had a lot of time working from home and doing things different than we've ever done before. Uh, but it's worked out well. Um, but really, as far as like daily change for a, a business to operate in this environment, a lot of challenges, um, obviously, um, just things you never thought would be a problem or, you know, supply problems, things such as that, uh, to all the legislation that's been coming down. And the legislation has really kept us hopping this year. Um, it's, it's been very unique 
in the fact that the fact. Um, rather than, you know, things happening, you know, before, but, you know, speed has been a priority, you know, getting money out to the public, um, the PPP loans, for example, and the small business lending and just trying to help people survive. A lot of the typical dialogue you get and, and a lot of the, the information you get has been slow to be released and it's kind of trickled out throughout the year. So there's been a lot of professionals have, have to try to interpret um, what they think is going to happen and how they think it's going to flow yeah. and, and get their own opinion because a lot of what I say will just be opinion until they, they kind of formalize some of that. And so even like, obviously people like ourselves have been really looking forward to potentially getting some taxes back. And, you know, we have another CPA that has been doing our taxes for years and we're like, well, we didn't get your normal packet that you send out this year of like, they were supposed to in there. And they had kind of, that was when we first discovered that things were different. And I was like, well, that's okay. I'm still waiting for some documentation and that stuff. And they're like, well, you know, even if you had got your packet, they had pushed back the filing deadline so that, or they had pushed back the uh, filing period open. Um, and so that people can't even file their taxes until February 12th, correct? That is, that's correct. That's about two weeks later than typical. So usually right around the end of January, when your W-2 flows, that's when they pretty much open it up and, and are prepared to file. But, you know, the IRS has been under tremendous pressure, along with all the state and local agencies this year, um, anybody handling tax issues. You know, one, they've all been working from home. Um, you know, at, at certain points throughout the year, if you were filing anything by paper with the IRS, they, they weren't even opening their mail. There was periods of time where all the IRS locations basically had semi-trucks full of, of tax returns or amended tax returns or documents just piled up and they're all backlogged. So, you know, timing's been bad. People um, really are just going to have to learn to be patient. Um, you know, over the past five to 10 years, we've really seen a slowdown of the of kind of taxes in general anyway, just due to the volume and especially the amount of pass through entities that are out there. And so, you know, really um, it's unique anymore. Our, our, our tax season is very compressed with our clients, especially individual clients. About every one of our clients shows up about March 1st to March 15th, which gives us about a two week window to try to get as many returns in as we can before we just move to pure extension. So the word extension is becoming commonplace and it's, it's just because of the compressed tax season is just so much. I, I typically refer to you know, when people ask why it's taking longer and why things are slower, it, I, I basically say, well, imagine if you're next to a giant venue that has a, you know, 20,000 person basketball game going on and you know, it lets out and you're the restaurant next door. Well, there's only so many people they can bring in and feed. And that's the same thing with what's happening with tax. It's just, you know, the amount of time that we have to get people in and out is just so compressed. So um, but yeah, this year's definitely thrown us a loop and, and the tax and IRS and everybody else is behind as well. And then I imagine you're probably going to see that W-2s and 1099s typically that you see at the end of the month, you might see trickling in the middle of the month of February. Um, I don't think that's going to be unheard of. So people, people are going to have to be a little more patient than usual. Now, as, um, as far as like, you know, people claiming like, Obviously, a lot of people were on unemployment last year more than normal. Um, other than them, I assume that like they basically just claim that as income. Like, will they get something from the government or are they just supposed they to be track of that? Or? 
Yeah, your unemployment claims for the most part are all going to come from your state and local agencies. So they will produce a 1099. So be on the lookout if you were unemployed for a period of the year. Um, you will see that in a document and that will be something that, that your preparer will need to, to utilize to finish your return. So that will be unique to a lot of people this year. Um, you know, there's also a lot of different things in the tax code, you know, the stimulus program this year where, you know, people were getting refund checks or really, I shouldn't say refund checks, rebate checks mm -hmm. throughout the year, because it really is a rebate. And that is part of what's called the recovery rebate credit. And that will be factored into your 2020 return, whether you got the credit or you didn't get the credit. So for many people who did get the credit, they will need to provide that information to the preparer so they can actually put that in and say how much you actually received on the stimulus. But the good news is, is if you did not receive that credit, if you did not get that check in the mail, then that credit is available on your 2020 tax return. So people can still take advantage of that. And, and if you lost your job in 2020, but maybe you had a good job in 2019, well, the, the credit was factored based on your 2019 return, but it was a 2020 credit. So mm -hmm. that credit is actually due now. They just pushed the money out early. So if you did not get that money early, that deduction is going to be available to you on this year's tax return if your income dropped and got you maybe below the limits where you were above the limits previously. So that information will be, will be important. What other, is there any other kind of, obviously, I know that, you know, while there are a lot of businesses um, in this community, statewide, nationwide, um, that, you know, have managed to stay afloat and, you know, stay in business uh, during the pandemic, um, but obviously last year was a very hard year for a lot of businesses. Is there anything out there that maybe we don't know about like tax credits for people that have faced hardships from COVID? Absolutely. Um, you know, really there's a lot of things aimed at employers and, and a lot of them kind of go in tandem with those PPP loans, the paycheck protection programs that were out. So mm -hmm. if ever, if you recall back in March, you know, there was a tremendous amount of funding the government was pushing out and essentially what they were doing is they were utilizing businesses to basically be a, their arm of an unemployment group right there. They were trying to keep people on payrolls because they knew if they could patch it for a little while and keep people on payroll, perhaps we were going to climb out of this and everybody would retain on payroll rather than there being a raid on unemployment. And, and they were really trying to, to protect against that. So the PPP was kind of the first big step, that along with what they call the EIDL, which is the Disaster Recovery Program. Um, those are the first two things to drop. And the PPP was very, very successful in keeping people on payrolls. And so that was the first big relief for small businesses. Along with that came a couple different credits. There was um, a couple, and really where you saw these you know, take place were through payroll tax returns. So they weren't so much um, income tax credits, but if you did not take advantage in your payroll tax returns, you still may have an opportunity to go back and amend those if you need to. Um, so there's the, the sick and family leave that was out there. Really, that was a little deceiving because it wasn't so much a credit as more of a chance to defer payroll taxes. If you had somebody that had a COVID issue, you had the opportunity to, to push out the payment date on that, which those will start coming due in 2020 unless there's I'm, I'm sorry, 2021, unless there's additional legislation that occurs. The other big one out there was um, another piece of that, which was the employee retention credit. And that was a significant credit. And that, again, was done through your what they call a 941 quarterly tax report. And that was potentially up to a $10,000 credit that could you could 
take advantage of through your 941s. Now that had some issues as far as if you got PPP money, if you could take the credit and there was some legislation back and forth on that. So I would tell you to refer to your, your tax professional before you, you know, try to go back and amend 941s to see if you're eligible. Um, but that was a, that was a significant credit that happened throughout the year. That's yeah. like, a, <laughs> as you said, a lot to sift through <laughs> for lack it's, of a it's a lot to digest, especially when they do things through payroll. Um, pay, payroll's immediate. I mean, everybody's paying payroll every two weeks or twice a month or, you know, once a month. So when they start putting things into payroll, that's that's when they really show that they want to inject capital into the market or into the you know economy as fast as they possibly can. And that's the fastest way to do it. And so there was a lot of work through payroll this year that that, you know, people need to be at least aware of. So speaking of what people need to be aware of, obviously, with this unique you know, um, everyone is still wanting, you know, as much of their money as possible. Everyone's wanting to kind of maybe get this done and over with as far as kind of wading into this uh, tax season. What can people do to make it easier for you? Like, should people wait longer till they have all their documents? Is the earlier the better? What should they kind of have with them? Um, you know, I will tell you one of the hardest things about when you're a tax preparer is when you get pieces of information throughout the year. Um, you know, I've got some clients that will drop, you know, a document at a time on me. And that's that's very difficult to make sure you, one, have everything and two, you did not miss something. Um, so when stuff comes in one at a time, you don't know when to stop. It's, you know, it's, it, 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 you don't know when the last document that you're getting came in. And so that's a very difficult situation. So typically what I recommend to my clients is when you have the vast majority of your information together, when you have the bulk, that's when it's time to make the appointment and come see me. Um, you know, if you're missing a K-1 from a, a small business or something like that, those are very typically late because, you know, the filing deadline on those is March 15th with the potential to extend that for six months. So it could be September 15th before you ever see that document. Well, I'm going to need information to get you extended and take care of you before that document rolls in. So if that's the last hanging thing out there, don't wait for that. Get your stuff in and then just make sure you're very clear about communication and telling me what it is you're missing, what you know you don't have. And from that perspective, once I, once I know that, then we can estimate, get you ready, you know, do 95% of the return and then just drop the things that we know are missing later. But again, I will say it's, it's a lot of work on a preparer if things come in, you know, a piece at a time. That's, that's tough. For those of us that will be needing extensions, when's the last day to file for extensions? Is it still? Yeah, they, uh, and that's, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, you know, Kelly, that's a, a, a good thing to get out there because last year they moved the due dates around pretty significantly. Um, everything got pushed back until July 15th last year. That is not occurring this year so far. So everything is back to the old. Everything is back to April 15th. It is just like it's been. Um, you know, in my opinion, last year worked really well by pushing those dates back. It was very helpful. It, it eliminated some of that compression and it allowed us to do better work and better estimates by that 715 deadline. But, you know, obviously there's monetary reasons for keeping the deadlines where they are. Um, you know, it does throw quarterly payments and things like that off for some taxpayers when all of a sudden they have two payments due in July rather than spreading it with the April 15th and then the July 15th. Um, but I will tell you, it, it, it is going to, you know, it is back to normal. So people do need to be ready for that April 15th deadline. Um, S corporations, things like that, they're still March 15th for those corporations. 
Um, so you need to have everything in before then. If you get an extension, again, it's another six month extension, but individuals 415, you can get another six month extension from that. But when I say extension, that's only extension to file, not to make sure you pay. So you do need to know generally what you owe and that does need to go in with that extension. Interesting. So my last question for you, obviously, you know, I have still from the beginning of this conversation, like the visualization of a bunch of tax returns and trucks parked outside the <laughs> IRS. Right. So are you, how are you, you know, feeling as far as you guys are doing everything that you can to get these returns ready mm -hmm. to go, sent in, filed? Um, are you expecting that there's going to be a delay with the IRS as far as processing them all? It depends on what you're filing. So when they came out with e-filing, gosh, I guess it's been 15 years now that e-file really kind of, you know, became the, the norm. Um, that was a great thing. Um, it put a lot of burden back on the preparers to uh, make sure they had all the documentation, had sign off, had authorization. Um, you know, the paperwork that goes in for us to have permission to file for somebody else is pretty extensive. So the IRS did an effective job pushing that back on us, but that's okay. Um, I, I kind of like that because now we have control. So the best thing about electronic filing is we get to determine when that goes in. We get to hit the button. We get to push it through. So as long as you're e-filing, I don't expect anything unusual. The only thing that would really slow up an e-file is if you just had something really unusual on your tax return that was a major departure maybe from a year ago or you don't have your estimated tax payments right, or something doesn't match an IRS record, if that occurs, it's gonna slow things down. But as long as everything matches and, and everything you know connects, it should go through relatively quick and I, your refund should turn around in about the same amount of time. The paper is the problem. So you know there are certain returns that the IRS cannot accept electronically. Um, they're changing and they're getting better every day. Um, they have a huge job. But amended returns up until this last year, you haven't been able to electronically file. And so if you had to go back and make a change or amend, you had to do that on paper. And so that would slow down. Dealing with notices, typically you cannot communicate with the IRS electronically, which is a good thing. It prevents fraud and it, and, and it makes sure that, you know, you hear all these horror stories about people getting emails from the IRS. Well, the, the IRS doesn't email. They just don't do that. Yeah. Um, so everything's <laughs> through traditional paper. Um, which all that gets slowed down. So if you have to respond to a notice by mail and things like that, those are the things that are taking a long time. And we saw some slowdowns with just payment processing. So mm -hmm. people would cut a check and pay their electronically filed return with their voucher. And that was taking a long time to go through. And they possibly got a notice because the e-file went through and they said, hey, you haven't paid your return when it was out there sitting in a truck. So there were some things like that that didn't go through super clean. But I do anticipate this year being better. Um, hopefully, you know, people are back in the office and they can they can process the paper better this year. Right. Well, thank you so much for your time, Neil. You sure. have given us so much to think about and so much, you know, preparation. Yeah. <laughs> like a better word uh, going in to this tax season. Why don't you uh, tell people how they can get a hold of you, maybe if they have any more sure. questions for you? Yeah, no, I'm always um, available to answer questions. We're uh, located in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Telephone number is 918-492-0106. Uh, I would always recommend a call over an email or anything like that this time of year. Um, just reach out and touch, you know, us that way. Um, email, if I haven't talked to you in the past, never know, it could get thrown into a junk mail folder or something like that. So I prefer the phone call. So yeah, but we'd be glad to feel any questions. And if we can ever follow up and help, we'd be glad to. Awesome. Thank you so much. 
And of course, thank you everyone for tuning in to this episode. We hope that you've learned a lot and are uh, getting ready to file those taxes and maybe, you know, get your stuff together. You have a little more time uh, in the beginning, but not at the end. So that's uh, the best thing maybe to keep in mind for that. And we'll catch you next time. I'm Brittany again. If you have any questions for this uh, business segment, for any of our guests, or if you want to be featured on our business segment, reach out to me. My email is bharlow at verifiednews.network. That is where you will find all of our news stories, business and otherwise. Verifiednews.network is our website. This is our esteemed co-host, Kelly. If you have any questions for him, you can also send those to me. But we will uh, catch you next time here at The Business Scene, your source for all things connected to the Tulsa business scene. Thanks, Neil. Uh, My pleasure. Thank you all. Know someone or a local business you think should be featured on the Tulsa Scene podcast? Head to www.thetulsascene.com and let us know today.